What up, what up? Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. So glad to have you on this Tuesday. Big game from last night. Cowboys looked amazing. Tom Brady and the Bucks did not. We've been talking about future destinations for Tom Brady. But we're going to take a pause on that conversation for a moment. Because because, because I have the list of free agent kickers the Cowboys could sign. <laughs> we're going to get to your list in just a sec. Oh, poor Brett Maher. But we got to turn our conversation, Perloff, to one of the best games we saw over the weekend if you are not a Chargers fan. What Jacksonville did in overcoming one of the biggest deficits, one of the biggest comebacks in NFL playoff history. Well, a man who is the chief football strategy officer for the Jags, also the CEO, GM, and head of creative for AEW. He's also the GM and sporting director for Fulham FC. A very, very busy man, a very talented man. Tony Khan joining us now. Tony, thanks so much for the time. How you been? I've been very well, Mag. Thanks for having me on. Oh, appreciate it. Now, okay, tell us honestly. We'll get to AEW in a moment. What were you thinking in the first half of that Jags game, and then what were you thinking in the second half? You know, I didn't stop believing at any point. The team keeps coming back, and I know you're both really big football fans, and you've seen it firsthand, whether it was the prior week against the Titans or against the Cowboys, the Ravens. Time after time, the Jags have come back, and it's five straight big comeback wins at home. We've had comebacks of 17 points, 10 points, 17, 9, and now 27 (laughs) in our last five home games, and we've won them all. So it's pretty incredible, and I, I never stop believing in this team, and they never stop believing in each other, and they never stop believing Doug, Doug Peterson, who's such a great coach and has really changed this organization in so many ways for the positive. Yeah, Tony, I'm an Eagles fan, a Philadelphia native, so I agree with that. I got to tell you, Maggie, coming to the season, said Trevor Lawrence was going to be the NFL's breakout star, and I think she was right. But I still am not sure that we all quite understand how special Trevor Lawrence is. What do you think of your young quarterback? Uh, He's such a special, incredible talent. And I think it's been obvious to big football fans for many years. I mean, there's a reason Trevor was the top recruit coming out of high school into college at Clemson, why he was the top college quarterback at Clemson, why he was the number one pick in the draft. He's been a winner time after time, but he's also, when you get to know him, just such a great person and uh, I think he's the kind of person a team wants to win for a team rallies behind he's a great leader he has all the football talent in the world all the arm talent uh you know he works so hard putting game plan together studying the film and really he's a complete quarterback so Trevor Lawrence is the dream for Jacksonville and I know for my dad as the owner of the organization and for all of us working in the football departments, scouting, research, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming to Jacksonville was a dream. Also, you got to love that he celebrates the win at Waffle House. I mean, that's a guy <laughs> right after our own hearts. Tony Khan is our guest. AEW Dynamite Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS and AEW Rampage Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on TNT. Now with a brand new look, and we'll get to that in a moment. you got a lot of exciting things going on with AEW. But you mentioned about Doug Peterson sort of changing the culture. Like, you know, can you sort of underscore that or, or take us inside that? Because you guys went from obviously, you know, the down, the Urban Meyer situation did not work out. Now you rebound with Doug Peterson. Just how different has it been? I mean, Doug came in and the positivity he instilled in the team from the beginning, that is a huge part of it. But Doug's also such a great football coach, such a great play caller on offense 
and just a complete football mind. And also the things Doug believes in, in terms of philosophy and game management, that's what I believe in and what I've worked on for 10 years. This is my 11th season working in the NFL on statistics analytics. And obviously that's become a bigger part of the game. And you saw firsthand in this football game and with Doug throughout his career, he's a big believer in football analytics. And whether it was in Philly or this season in Jacksonville and in this playoff game, you saw Doug is going to be aggressive on fourth downs. Doug is aggressive on two point conversions and you know, those are things that make sense to do because all the research is in favor of doing that stuff. And Doug does it, and he does it well. You know, when it comes down to having two-point plays and great fourth-down calls, you can count on Doug to be aggressive and have a great play in mind. Tony, over the, that decade that you've been looking at football analytics, has there been a lot of growth for the entire league? I know Doug Peterson, obviously, aggressive on fourth down. Uh, it feels like everybody is, but not quite everyone is there. Where is it stand now compared to where it was a decade ago? Oh, it's so much more aggressive across the league. It's absolutely the case. You're totally right. And teams are utilizing analytics much more than they were when I first came in the league in 2012. There are a lot more teams that have a statistical analyst in the booth during the game to talk about fourth down situations, clock management, or two-point conversion situations. We're talking with Tony Khan. He's, of course, the Jaguars' chief football strategy officer. He's the CEO, GM, and head of creative for AEW. He's the GM and sporting director for Fulham FC. You wear a lot of hats, Tony, and I know that, you know, statistics and analytics and football has been like a darling of yours. Are you, do you get personally a sense of gratification when you see Doug Peterson going for two in a spot where we knew what it was doing. It was trying to set up for the win instead of the tie. Do you go, are you personally satisfied that you feel like you've um, contributed to how the league has changed? In some ways, yes. I think Doug also believes in all that himself. And Doug came here with a great team. Like we had an analytics group. I work with great people, Zach Beisline and a number of people. Uh, on statistical research, and I also own a company, True Media, that is the top sports engineering firm in the world. 25 out of the 30 Major League Baseball clubs work with us, and we work with most of the major media providers and the NFL on the next-gen stats. And Doug, when he was in Philadelphia, had a great group, and he brought Ryan Pagnetti, who's a top statistical analyst, with him, and we all work together now. And, I mean, Doug's a leader, and Doug is the person who makes these calls. And, you know, he is somebody who really does believe in it. And so it does make me very happy, but it's also just great to work with him. And that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to have a chance to work with Doug Peterson, because when you watch Doug in Philadelphia, he was making those aggressive moves. And he, that's what he does in Jacksonville. And it's been great for us. And, you know, as we built up the roster in the past couple of years, I think the talent has really gotten better at the Jaguars over the last few years and, and really Doug coming in, it was at the perfect time. So when do you fly to Kansas city? Do you fly day of the game or do you not want to leave it up to chance like that? Do you fly in the night before? What's your strategy? I always go in the night before, but uh, you know, sometimes I've had to travel in the day of we do AEW. Of course we have AEW Wednesday night dynamite and now we have AEW Friday Night Rampage. So tomorrow night, the show's on TBS. It's going to be a great, great show. And we also have shows uh, Friday on TNT. And we did the show in Portland a couple weeks ago. And by the time I got done with the show in Portland, 
uh, it was too late to really make it back to Jacksonville. So I did have to go back uh, for that big game a couple weeks ago against the Titans. I actually was flying back after, uh, you know, the Portland show. I did fly back the day of. I don't like to usually leave it to chance like that. But uh, usually with AEW, I usually try to get in on Tuesday night ahead of the Wednesday show and then try to get in the night before the Jags game, which for us is Saturday. Uh, and obviously Trevor has done really well on Saturday. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> hey, I think you found the secret sauce there. I like it. Tony Khan is our guest. Tony, you know that I'm a big wrestling fan and AEW, all the amazing changes that you are implementing for 2023. Super exciting. The talk of the wrestling world beyond AEW, though, is the fact that WWE is for sale. Is there a world where Tony Khan and AEW buys WWE? I am interested in the news that there's potentially a sale process, and uh, certainly I think we've shown that when there's acquisitions, transition, you know, transactions, uh, we are capable of making the big purchases, whether uh, my dad stepped up with the Jaguars or Fulham FC in the Premier League, and he's done such a great job building up the club and putting resources into it. Now we're playing football at a very high level in the Premier League. And I think uh, with AEW, we've shown we can build a company. And even when I purchased Ring of Honor, frankly, if you're a Ring of Honor fan, now that's a very different thing than WWE, but it, Ring of Honor is a company with 20 years of history. And I really have enjoyed running it. And I think we've shown that we're at all-time highs in terms of every business metric since we relaunched it and it's, it's only going to get better. And, you know, AEW is my main focus, but certainly when that news is out there, I think it's very interesting. So, uh, you know, stay tuned to AEW dynamite, stay tuned, uh, to AEW rampage. Uh, you never know uh, when I may address something, but on the other hand, uh, I think, you know, it's very preliminary to talk about, uh, that, that process. But if there is, a process there, which it sounds like there may be, then I'm interested in being a part of it, certainly. Very, very interesting. Appreciate that answer for sure. Uh, you know, you and I have talked a few times, Tony. I've never asked you, do you have a relationship with Vince McMahon at all? Do you guys, I, I know you've read a lot about him and did a lot of research about him before you bought AEW, but do you guys have a, a personal relationship? No, no, I don't have any relationship with him. I, I've, I've talked to Stephanie and, uh, had good conversations in the past with Stephanie, but no, I don't know Vince McMahon at all. What did you think of Stephanie stepping away, kind of for the second time, but this one looks a little bit more permanent? I, I can't speak to it. It's, I haven't talked to her in a long time, and I can't speak to what's happening there, but certainly very focused on AEW, and it's a big night for us tomorrow night. You know, we're coming off uh, such a great show at the LA Forum last week, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, announcing uh, more about when we make our return to New York, but certainly uh, the wrestling fans have come to expect great things every Wednesday night on TBS from us. And tomorrow, uh, I know we'll have a lot of great things in store for them. Tony, Maggie and I have talked a little bit about developing me as a, a wrestling heel, a bad guy, <laughs> as an obnoxious sort of the professor type. Problem is I'm 6'4", 198. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like fill out I feel like your rising star MJF is stealing a little bit of my act. Though. <laughs> uh, can you talk about him? Because I'm pretty into him. He seems pretty cool. <laughs> he's a great talent. Uh, you know, he's a challenging personality, to say the least. 
<laughs> he's very focused on being the best. He's uh, very, very selfish. <laughs> he's very uh, self-centered. And he is very talented. And he knows it. And, you know, there's a reason he's at the top of the profession. He's a very talented wrestler. But he's also very uh, entertaining on the microphone. Certainly uh, gets a lot of mainstream attention at times. Uh, the things he says. But, yeah, he's really one of wrestling's great villains, I think. And what's frightening is how young he is and how much potential he has and room to grow. And now he's the world champion. But I, I think he's only getting better and better, and he's already at the top of the profession. So uh, it's really amazing. And, it, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I think this year, 2023, will be the year of a lot of these homegrown AEW stars. Right now you have MJF, the world champion, Darby Allen, the TNT champion, the acclaimed, the world tag team champions, all homegrown stars. And Jamie Hayter, uh, the women's world champion, Jade Cargill, the TBS champion. So up and down the card you see uh, homegrown stars, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who were here at the beginning of AEW, the trios champions, Orange Cassidy, the All-Atlantic champion. So everybody right now is somebody uh, in the championship picture is somebody who came into AEW at the very beginning or established, you know, launched their career here. But what's also amazing is all the people we brought into AEW now and these big free agent stars, people who came in at the beginning like Chris Jericho and John Moxley but had already built a reputation worldwide or – People that had that reputation and joined us along the way, like Brian Danielson, the Hardys, Adam Cole, and Sting, and many others. Uh, but this year, so far, we're off to a hot start. Hey, wait, I Tony, sorry, can I, can I interrupt you just for a second? Because you mentioned the established Please. stars, but, but, but selfishly, i got to ask, because one of my favorites of all time is CM Punk. When is he coming back? Well, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, and I haven't you know been able to uh, talk about uh, CM Punk recently, and I appreciate you asking, but I definitely think everything he's done in AEW has been great. Uh, he's been out uh, injured, uh, but you know he's uh, been one of the great stars in AEW. But I can't really comment on it. Okay, Tony, we know you're so busy. This is so great. Thank you for spending time with us. Of course, CEO, GM, and head of creative for AEW, Jaguars chief football strategy officer, Fulham FC GM, sporting director. We should mention again, AEW Dynamite, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on TBS and AEW Rampage, Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern Pacific on TNT. And now with the brand new look, we're so excited for everything you have planned for AEW in 2023. And best of luck in Kansas City with your Jags, Tony. I really appreciate that, Mag. Uh, and see you tomorrow on TBS for AEW Dynamite. Hopefully you'll get a chance to watch the show. And thanks for wishing the Jags good luck. Thank you for having me on again, as always. It's always nice to be with you both. Oh, appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. And travel safely. Yeah. But what do you mean his Jags? They're our Jags, Maggie. They're our Jags. <laughs> well, yeah. If they win. <laughs> no. I mean, we all like the Chiefs, too. Isn't it funny? There's there's a couple of America's teams, but the Jags sort of do have that vibe going right now. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that. There isn't, if you want to take a wrestling thing, like a heel and a face. Like, who's yeah. the heel team? The Cowboys always are kind of built-in villains, but, but uh, not this know. year's team. 
Yeah, who is some traditional heel team? I don't know the. Uh, well, yeah, it's always it's always the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you're an Eagles fan, of course. Well, it's always the Dallas Cowboys. You know they're the they're the big villains. But they've been a little bit of an underdog too. This at points this year, like the New York Yankees outspend everyone and became the bad guy, the evil right. empire. It's not as clear in the NFL. And now you have all these young quarterbacks are so darn nice: Josh Allen, <laughs> yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence. That you can't really dislike any of them. We have no heel. It's, we still need the, one. it's still the Cowboys. <laughs> Coming up, we've got the latest on, well, we've got to get into it. What are the Cowboys going to do about their kicker? We can talk about Dak Prescott's amazing game till the cows come home. Dan Quinn, incredible defensive coordinator. They were on one last night. Michael Parsons, awesome. J Ron cursed with the interception of Brady in the end zone. But what are they going to do about the kicker? I got the answer. I got the answer, and he wears glasses. That's all I'm going to tell <laughs> okay. you. Okay, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We're back in a minute. On Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and we are streaming live on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back to the Maggie and Perloff show. A few very, very heated show debates. Maggie thinks that Daniel Jones will have a significant market this offseason if they beat the Eagles. Yep. I agree that there'll be a market, but I don't think he's going to get huge, huge dollars. I think he stays with the Giants. But more importantly, we haven't shared it yet, but it's out there on my Twitter feed. We must have gone back and forth for a half hour. Who's the better actor, Brad Pitt oh, or Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio? You want to do that now? No, I'm just saying, if you want to vote, go to my Twitter feed, at Andrew Perloff, because right now, 67% agree with you, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. But 32%, the real film connoisseur is going <laughs> yeah. me and Brad Pitt. Because I'm not a I Leo know. guy. I know I'm not a Leo guy, and that makes me weird. And Samter, of course, supported you on Twitter. But you didn't say who was for who. It was a blind poll. I, it was, a blind, it was a blind poll. Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt is basically every movie he's in is great. Okay. He basically plays the same character in every single movie and he's in it for like 25 minutes but you think he's in it the whole time but he's not the lead hey you know what that's funny because in bullet train he was really only in the movie for 25 minutes and that movie's fantastic by <laughs> so the way. this is the magic like i wonder who's who's the sports equivalent of brad pitt someone who just shows up like a little bit and they're a genius and then they go away okay Th maybe it's like um uh, I don't know, like a Buck and Aikman or something. It's like you only get them on Monday nights, but they're really good together. They're a great announcing crew. Yeah. I mean, listen, Leonardo DiCaprio is he's the he's even guy. less versatile. He's even less versatile than Brad Pitt. <laughs> he is the kid in Catch Me If You Can the rest of his career. Don't give me White City Gilbert Grape. That was his first movie. White City Gilbert Grape is amazing. Well, you wanted you to give me Thelma that, and Louise. First of all, it's not that amazing. Have you not seen Gangs of New York? Where Gangs like, of New York is like awful. The head of a it's gang? objectively okay. awful. This is what we found out. It's Come the on. worst movie. Perloff just doesn't like Leonardo DiCaprio. So no, he's I don't not willing to say that I he's a good movies, actor. I think, no, no. I think he's an okay actor, but his movies are not consistently great. I mean, honestly, Gangs of New York has to be the worst. I don't know what movie you watch. It's one of my... 20, the Irishman is the worst Scorsese. Maybe one of my twenty favorite movies, The, the, the Departed. The Departed is, is not good. The Departed is not okay, good. Okay, uh, here's the thing. I love DiCaprio, wait, wait, wait. and I thought Matt Damon was great in that movie too. Jack Nicholson's accent ruined the whole film for me. But that's my problem. That's not Leonardo DiCaprio's problem. That's why I said he's better than Brad Pitt. How about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Granted, they were both. They in were it, both, and they were both in incredible. That. Yeah. And they're Wolf both in it for like twenty minutes. Wolf of Wall Street is not the he same character as Wolf, Catch Me If You Can. He doesn't think Wolf of Wall Street is, is a good is a good movie. That movie. 
Here, no, Leonardo DiCaprio saved that movie, but Brad Pitt could have never played that role. That movie was not that good. Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, that was Scorsese that. again, right? Yes, it was fantastic. I mean, if you're looking at the worst, anything I hate Scorsese, those kind of like people, like the Wolf of Wall Street type of people who just like cheat and steal and scheme. But the movie was fantastic. And you love Gangs of New York? Love it. You're the single only person in my life who's ever said, "Man, you're the I only love person Gangs I've ever of New York." To who doesn't like it? I I find it to be like a masterpiece of film. Revolutionary Road. We could keep going. Yeah, keep Revolutionary Road is a is a Django boring, stupid movie. I know, but think about Django. Is I can't say that because he was really only DiCaprio was in that movie for like twenty five minutes. Although maybe it was longer. All these movies are just so long. That's the problem. Everyone's like a college football game. It's like, do you need four and a half hours? Well, Django Unchained. He was only in it. He was a cameo. Really. Yeah, I know. It was like twenty. Yeah, minutes. No, it was about twenty five minutes. Yeah, but um, but he stood out. Like yeah, I but, mean, when I think of that movie, I think of three people. I think of him. Christoph Waltz yeah. and obviously Django. Jamie Fox. Yeah, Jamie I mean, Fox. come on. I guess Samuel L. What too. are we doing here? Fight Club, guys. Fight Club might be your, like, throw yes. it down on the table because Brad Pitt was incredible in Fight Club. Yes. I don't know who Agreed. else could have done that role. Although 100%. Edward Norton was like. Really River Runs Through It? You didn't cry at I River didn't see Runs that, Through but- It? Burn After Reading, if you haven't seen that. Yes. Super underrated movie. And Again. He is hilarious. In he's in you haven't for seen 20 River minutes. Runs Through It? Uh, no. I haven't seen it either. Oh no, he's, he's in a whole movie. He's here? just in it sporadically, we... and he's just very. No, but if funny. you accumulate it all up, I bet he's in it for twenty minutes. Well, it's because the same thing with like all the um, oceans movies. He's in big ensemble cast movies. Yes. Leo is like the star. He's of the movies. main guy. He's the guy. The guy. Well, oh, and Brad okay. Pitt's always not always, but oftentimes he's like big ensemble cast where like he can be the guy, but he chooses to like spread it out to others. And he started a million movies. Yeah, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, terrible. Oh, Pearl, I, I think that's love the that best movie. movie ever. I love that movie. You don't like Doug Liman? He's, he's a master. I think you're out of your mind. Ad Astra, by the way, unbelievable movie, he's a, too. He's a kicker who's now on the free agent market. You know, the guy, did, the guy for started, the Cowboys. Get you know, the Cowboys. Doug Liman, he once hit a 50-yarder against The director Bama. of Swingers and then the Matt Borden. You guys know who Doug Liman is? You make it sound like we don't know who Joe Biden is. Like, I'm sorry. It's not that. He's not, Joe what? He's not Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I don't know him on like a first name director basis. I'm sorry. What else did he direct? Uh, well, he started out as Swingers. And then okay. he did all the Bourne movies. And okay. then he's done pretty much all the Well, if Avenger you just movies. said that, then we would know. Yeah, yeah. But there was like, yeah, okay. I'm not even going to. I'm sorry. I. I'm going to call my film friends and see what they want to talk because <laughs> really I'm sorry. Because he's, no. a, he's an <laughs> Ivy League guy. He went to Browns. So you have this like special connection with him. No, That's no. All it is. Perloff also had the ultimate flex on our pre-show call. We were talking about the Jonah Hill movie trailer that keeps running through all of these sporting events where he's like, and it's basically a remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And Perloff's like, that movie's been done a hundred times. I was in that movie. Yeah. The, <laughs> like, the week of. Did anyone see the Netflix movie week of where Chris Rock and Adam Sandler Kids got married, and it was no. sort of this, yeah, but it was a flip on it. Because Chris Rock judged Adam Sandler's character. It was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah. But, uh, well, that and that debate sort of devolved what, what, into. What was your role in that movie? Uh, I was an extra. I was walking across the parking lot because it rained the day we were supposed to shoot, and we all lost our scenes. <laughs> oh, no. It was at a softball game. I've told you this story. And it's the one Netflix movie that I get the most royalty checks for, and I'm in it for a millisecond. But <laughs> see, this is why you love Brad Pitt because you in in all of your movies, which have been yeah. amazing that you've been in so many Sandler movies, but like you get a cameo. I'm, so I think you identify with Pitt more, yeah. who's like more of a uh, you know, supporting actor. I, I've been in four actually. But the other debate <laughs> was 
can Jonah Hill lead a rom-com? Which I think yeah. is an interesting question. That's what now, yeah. Jonah Hill is clearly has a much different look going on now than the right. Jonah Hill we know traditionally from Superbad. Right. Which was awesome. He's older, right, right. He's older, he's thinned out, he's more mature looking. Yeah, but I mean, in this trailer, he kind of looks like himself, you know? With that beard? You don't think he has like a cooler, hipper look going? No, not in this trailer. He doesn't Yeah, I think beard, he still has a beard, yeah. He does? Oh, yeah. He's oh, got yeah. the super hip look. It's very blondish, so maybe it just blends in with his skin. Sorry. I mean, I've seen it. I feel like I've seen the trailer and a million also, times. And also, too, he has thinned out a little bit. Yeah, he has. What, I, what I, that see, recently, I think he Miles Teller, uh, War Dogs. That yeah. was actually pretty good. Recently. That was, a, yeah. that was kind of a while ago, wasn't it? Now? It was like three or four years ago. That's, by the way, that is not the movie. It's the Nicolas Cage movie. It's the actual guy we traded for Brittany Griner, right? Uh, the um, the guy Lords who was uh, Dogs of War. Doc, well, what was the guy? No, name? War Dogs. Yeah, War, War Dogs. It was um, what's his name? Bradley Cooper, and it was it was a different guy. Yeah, no, the person who was in prison here in this country and then went got released with Brittany Griner, right? That right. Was he had a uh, Lords of dealer. Lords of War with Lords Nicholas of War, Cage was, was about him. Yeah. So. I, this has been the most random. This is a, <laughs> Listen, this is a great 20 after I segment. wanted to talk about who's going to be kicking PATs for the Cowboys oh, next week quick. against San Francisco. Real quick, but... let me give you a list I found. Okay. These are your choices. Who's available? So Rodrigo Blankenship got cut recently. Yeah, see, that squares. I don't think Rodrigo Blankenship is going into San Francisco and hitting a 50-yarder to win and send the Cowboys that, to the NFC Championship game. That is not the goal right now. The goal okay. is to hit an extra point. Yeah. Okay, Matt Lombardo. <laughs> do you remember... Uh, extra point. Do you remember uh, Matt Lombardo? He was a Jets kicker this year. I feel like he had a very dramatic role in one game. I know. Uh, no, it's not Matt Lombardo. Matt Amendola. Sorry, Matt oh, yeah, Amendola. Matt Amendola, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Matt Lombardo. Uh, it's like Adele Dazeem. <laughs> Austin Seibert, weighed by the Lions. Sam Ficken, who has not kicked the ball Sam in a couple Ficken years. Sam Ficken is a former Jets guy. Yeah, so there's there's guys who've been This cut. is all former Jets kickers <laughs> who are currently on the market. I feel like Blankenship would be an option. You just want a guy who can hit an extra point who doesn't have the yips. So maybe you put... I, I, if I'm the Cowboys, I dress two kickers. Because what if Mara starts up the game and he can't hit an extra point? I think you just start going for the two-point conversions. Now, yeah, the, that's an option. I they, like that. They were smart, though, where on the fifth touchdown, they actually did have him attempt the extra point, and he nailed it. And maybe that's what gets his confidence going. Like, just got to see one go through the uprights. You know? <laughs> right, right. That was painful last night. How about the fourth one that hit the top of the upright? <laughs> I don't totally like, understand why that didn't count. I'm just like, he's getting closer because it bounced Right. It went away. (laughs) Kind of, but it was over the top of the goal. I understand why it wasn't, but I think you could argue that if the, the, the goalpost was a little shorter, it would have been good. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. I honestly think that Perloff's idea is the, is the best idea. You have to dress two kickers because like, what if, because like in practice, he's not going to have the yips, right? Chuck Knobloch didn't have the yips in practice. It was just when game started, right? Yeah. So I feel like they're not going to know until game time. You have to dress two kickers. Wait. And imagine dressing two kickers for a freaking playoff game. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what happened? Wasn't Kansas City? Wasn't the safety? Wasn't he kicking extra yeah. Oh, Justin, Justin Simmons? Uh, Justin Reed. Justin, Justin Reed. You just got to hold, like hold tryouts in your own Sign team. Sign Gronk. Sign Gronk. He's going to kick the million-dollar kick or whatever it is at halftime. Uh, <laughs> right. That's a promotion. Uh, wait, Pete is in Pennsylvania, wants to get in our Brad Pitt versus Leonardo DiCaprio debate, which I did not think we were going to do today on air. Hi, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Just checking in. Um, I'm sorry. It's... Uh, it, Neither one of them. I don't really like either one of them. But if you're holding a water water balloon over my head, I'd probably have to lean towards Leo. But thank you, Pete. Uh, 
that that's about it. Yeah, I mean, that was worth it to me. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Glad to talk They're with you. Both sunk, but I guess clear, if I had you know, to, the gun to my head. He's Leo, like, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually more of a Robert Downey Jr. guy. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what we learned there in that phone call, but <laughs> I guess if you put a gun to his head, he's taking Leo. There you go. Um, can we hear a little of Peyton and Eli from last night after Brett Maher missed the third extra point? Oh, my God. Got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like it. Why are we kicking on? it? Why are we kicking it? What is going on? He can't believe it. It's all about a buzz kill. <laughs> No one's ever missed three field, three extra points in a row. That's cut a guy a at halftime of a playoff game. Got to be a record. <laughs> Can you cut a guy <laughs> at halftime of a playoff well, game? And Eli's quick response is pretty fantastic. <laughs> that would be a record. I love it. I mean, and by, by the way, what's the deal with Peyton Manning saying? Why are we kicking? Okay, what what is? What I'm is surprised his you don't know that because you watch the Manning cast exclusively. He calls everybody we. He, um, so what are we doing? Is always like the royal we, I guess. Like he's always. He's I, I don't think I picked we. up on it until I heard that. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm hearing that. I'm like, when did he become a cowboy fan? <laughs> yeah, he's a consultant to Jarrah. Okay, uh, Mr. Manning, apologize. Why was last night's guest list kind of? I don't know. I didn't B- watch mi- it. A B minus. You guys said Teddy Dan Brewski, Campbell Dan was Cam- bad. Well, well the, well, the, Dan the Campbell's an like active head coach. Dion, he's not gonna say anything. The, the names were great. Dion, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's the, like the darling of the NFL right now, but he was boring. He, he was, was just, well, no, of course he's an active coach. He's like he was doing coach speak. Teddy no, Bruschi. No, but Dan is, Campbell doesn't do coach Bruschi. Does whatever. He, but Dan Campbell bite your knee. You that's not yeah, that's speak. a press conference. It's different when you actually have to sit there yeah, and but, talk. But I, I've had I, him multiple because he played with Tiki. So when I used to produce with Tiki, yeah. I had him on multiple times. He didn't give coach speak. He was just talking. Him, he was like Bruce Arians in a sense, just like very free yeah. and open. A little bit of coach speak, but a lot of openness. Man, it was that bad. I didn't watch it. I yeah, didn't see was, anything on the internet like, about they, it. They would ask him a question. He would give like a two-word response and then just like sit there quietly. It felt like almost he was Ow. really into the game. Like the way a fan would watch the game being like really into it and just like so focused on the action that you just couldn't think Listen, about Listen, maybe the else. Lions are thinking about bringing in Brady. I don't know. And I by no the way, idea. Mm, I, think mm. it's, I think it's great though to finally give – Dion a platform to share his thoughts. I mean, because yeah, we that's what I mean. From that guy. They're gonna have Dion on. I mean, I, Dion came in earlier to talk to a show meeting just to give his thoughts on the world. He's everywhere. That's nothing new about that. Where's LeBron or the A-list actor? Or LeBron Kevin was playing Hart? last night. <laughs> that's never stopped LeBron from. You think LeBron was seriously focused on his basketball game? LeBron's no way. He's he definitely won, LeBron cast. He's doing his shop cast. Yeah, he's got his own thing on uh, Amazon. I don't think he can. Oh no. He's come on the Manning cast before. LeBron's yeah. been on. Yeah, but that was before the shop. And he did. Show. And he did. Is well, no, was he part? Yeah, he did his own Manning cast. Yeah, he for did a football cast for Amazon. But yeah, so he's probably exclusive to Amazon. And when he did Le- when he did the Manning cast, that was one of the first ones. Like, yeah, he he was on. He, and yeah. he was good. But no, although if there was one player from another sport who would take a timeout at halftime or something and be like, I got to hit this Manning cast real quick. It would definitely be LeBron. I mean, but where was the actor, too? Why did they have Gerard Butler starring in the upcoming film Plane, right? Is it, is, which looks amazing, by the way. They keep, running, they keep running the Marvel thing over and over again. Yeah, Ant-Man, Paul, get Paul Rudd get in Paul there. Get Paul Rudd in there. Yes, hello. Yeah. That, that, Are see? we going to have to uh, work for Omaha Productions <laughs> to get this? It is an ABC Disney thing, so I guess it would have made sense. Okay. What did we learn in that segment? That Leo is better than Brad. That's it. If you take away anything. To quote Paul, 
I don't like either of them, but I guess if you put a gun <laughs> in my head. It was Pete. Pete. Paul's <laughs> in California. Peter, Paul. <laughs> Mary. Um, <laughs> what did we learn? We learned that Leonardo DiCaprio is a better actor than Brad Pitt. Oh, there, it's settled. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. See you guys on the phones. Get back to the football. I mean, honestly, what do the Cowboys do with the kicker? Because I, I don't know if they're bringing on a second kicker. I don't know about that. We'll talk about Dak's big night. We'll talk about Tom Brady future destinations in just a minute. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD veterans and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Who did Stu pick for the Navy Federal? Okay, I know. You do this every time. Okay. But I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. You're every gonna... week we get into this, and you say he would not pick Monday night's game. Oh, J. Ron Curse last night? No, it's Micah Parsons. He had like a million tackles, a million tackles for loss, a sack, and he was just creating havoc the entire game. I know, but you see the J. Ron Curse, the stat was Brady hadn't thrown a red zone interception since 2019. That was more on Brady. He <laughs> just was. threw to the wrong place. I, I think it was Micah Parsons. Okay, uh, you both are wrong. Um, we <laughs> Wait, did do okay. something that we haven't done before. We picked a player on a losing team from this weekend. Ooh, look at you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A guy on a losing football team. Hold on, team. let me go back to the wild card round for a second. Let me just look. So, it's not the Dolphins. Someone on the on the Chargers? Is it Joey Bosa for acting like a dope? It's not. The, it can't be the Chargers. They let up a million points in the second half. No, Dolphins? Is it someone to get to me? It can't be. The, the, the Bills scored 34 points. Someone on the Vikings? No, it can't Daniel be. They're the worst defense of the league. I mean, the Ravens had a great. That's a good. Defense. Oh, it's the. Ra- it's definitely the Ravens. It's the Chargers. It is then, the Chargers. Who on the Chargers? Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, with oh, three interceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Duh. How about the nine tackles he missed and every <laughs> every second half time he got burned? He did not have a great second half. Ironically, great. Yeah, it was a first half. This is a first half award. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 that's a good one. We should have thought of that. Definitely should have, especially when he's holding up three in the I mean, air like that. But I feel like that time where Asante Samuel was dominating, there was a point on my timeline where Brandon Staley was coach of the year and Asante Samuel <laughs> was his hero. And that felt like a different lifetime. Yeah. Well, now the Chargers have fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. So our long national nightmare is over. But it looks like... Staley is still going to stay. I don't know. That's I, a that's a mistake. I'm telling you. So you're just putting off the inevitable. You're just going to fire him next year. I still think you put Sean Payton in there and that bolt on their helmet, they're still going to charger it up. I don't care that's, who's coaching. That's not a getting, reason not to try. Getting rid of your offensive coordinator when you basically have a top 10 offense also is not. There's something deeper wrong with this franchise. I think it starts with ownership, but... No, but We're that offensive coordinator is part of the problem. I mean, they need to get someone else in there. It's- no, he's not great. They need to run the ball, but they also need new personnel. There's a lot going on there. We've got want to get to you at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, did have some good things in the chat here. Uh, Michael says both actors, meaning Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, are overrated in my opinion, but they both have had great roles in movies. Brad Pitt and Legends of the Fallen Fight Club are both fantastic. Um, Rudy says, Perloff, you just didn't like Leonardo DiCaprio and Romeo and Juliet, and you're holding it against him. That's not true. Let's go to Mike in Myrtle Beach. Mike, what do you have? Uh, yes, I think it's going to be Brad Pitt, hands down. Uh, one, he had one of the best movies ever made. Uh, the movie Seven with Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah. What's in the box? Yeah. Oof. What's yeah, in the box, in the box, Mike? Oh, it's, we and all know then, it's Gwyneth uh, Paltrow's head. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Spoiler. And the movie Spoiler Smash. came out in 1997. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the movie Snatched. Uh, comedy. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh, oh we're talking Snatch. about that. I'll give you Snatch. Could you actually is... understand anything they were saying in that movie? Which is why he's so good. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Mike, so you good. gave me Thanks something to think about. I still yeah. think I still think Leo's got him, but that those are two good Brad Pitt uh, performances. Yeah, I mean they're both great actors. Okay, yeah, they so are. This, I this know I don't probably, want to pick one or the other. I, I actually think Brad Pitt is underrated because I think Brad almost all Brad Pitt movies are entertaining. You're right; he's that doesn't necessarily mean he's the best actor, but he seems to have a nice choice. Where Leonardo doesn't make nearly as many films, and I just don't enjoy him as much. I know, but you didn't you didn't even like don't look up, which is great. Oh, Steve, our buddy in Indy. Hey, Steve, how you been? Hello. Hey, I wanted to tie into the Jaguars game. I, I, when uh, it was looking like a possibility that was going to go into overtime yeah. uh, before they got aggressive with the two, um, the, the announcers uh, made a point of reminding the viewers, that everybody please remember, if this goes into overtime, playoff rules dictate that each team gets a possession. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if I win the toss and elect to kick, and I kick an onside kick, and my one of my guys recovers it. All I've got to do is drive 25 or 30 yards and kick a field goal. Their special teams may have never touched the ball. Their offense is certainly never going to touch the ball. And my field goal wins the game, and game is over. And in a similar vein, if, if I receive the first kickoff and drive down and kick a field goal and then come back and kick an onside kick to them and recover it, at the point of that recovered onside kick, that game is over also. So is the rule genuinely each team gets a possession, or is the rule the second team in this equation is guaranteed a kickoff? Yeah. I, I think all you're guaranteed is a kickoff. And, and another thing I'm thinking, imagine how stunned the opposition would be if you won the flip and then you and then you, and then you did elected, an onside elected, kick elected to kick off they are not there's no way they're going to think you're going to kick an onside kick and and if you recover an onside kick what are you 30 yards from field goal range i i think i think it would be bra- and here's another well, thing well it kind of reminds me of you're sean payton in the penalty. super bowl right did the onside kick coming out of halftime no one you're saw it coming thing, you're not penalized if you pull this ruse and you kick an onside kick to open the overtime because if you don't recover it, you do, in fact, get a possession, so to speak, because if that team recovers your onside kick... That's their possession. Kick, they, they, have, they have to kick to you. So, so isn't it a misnomer to say each team is guaranteed a possession? Each team is not guaranteed a possession. Well, Steve, I, I'm going to be honest. In the history of maybe my whole life of listening to Sports Talk Radio... I've never seen someone so upset about something so trivial. <laughs> well, how are you this worked up over this potential scenario? I mean, this seems kind of niche, no? Well, it, it is it is kind of niche, but I just think it would be brilliant. And I also think, you know, a lot of people put a lot of thought into how they call these games and how they portray the rules and how they tell the, their viewers, you know, what to remember and what to keep in mind. Yeah. And, I, and, and I think everybody, since the rule change, has always said, Please remember, each team gets a possession, and that's totally wrong. That's, that's, I know, uh, but Steve, Steve, I, I listen. Brilliant for you to think of this. It's awesome that you shared it with us. I appreciate it. But if they, if Buck and Aikman, or it wasn't going to be Buck and Aikman last night, if uh, whoever was uh, Al Michaels and Tony Dungy 
had to go through all Ooh. of that, the game would be over by the time they <laughs> finished explaining it. They'd yeah. miss like 10 plays if they had to explain that whole thing. Yeah, I, I love Steven Indianapolis, but yeah. that had a Simpsons local man rants about strange things vibe to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, his head was on fire about this <laughs> overtime rule. And the funny thing is, he's not the first person I've seen who's gotten really upset about the new playoff overtime rule. Nothing's and happened it. yet. We haven't seen Nothing's it. Nothing's happened, and all the overtime rules are compromised to some extent and... Yeah, now I want to see it. By the way, if we do get to overtime, I'm immediately going to think of Steve in Indianapolis. I will only think of Steve now. Uh, Jim's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Jim, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, came across your show about a week and a half ago. Absolutely love it. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, Two things. One, I I think Brady's going to finish his career in his home state, California, with San Francisco. Okay. And something that nobody's talking about, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Miami. Oh, interesting. Oh, juicy. Juicy. By the way, Hershey Park, greatest park in the world, Jim. Agreed? Yeah. Uh, As I get older with the kids, it's kind of getting old going there my entire life. Wow. But yes, it is a really good park. Wow, Jim. Well, thank you for the call and, and for calling your shot with both Brady and Rodgers, and Rodgers to to the Dolphins, we'd have to unpack a little. Can I tell you the one thing about Hershey Park, if you've never been there? So yeah. Hershey, Pennsylvania, it's where Hershey's are made. They pump out the Hershey smell yeah. at oh. like 11 in the morning and 4 in the afternoon. You're dead in the water. I challenge yeah. you to not eat yeah. a Kit Kat bar after you smell that. Yeah, I mean, it helps offset this, the general smell of vomit that you used to smell, oh, too, in the hot summer day. I grew up at Hershey Park. I know the place really well, and you're right. You have to eat chocolate. It's a must. Coming up next, the Cowboys are going to the div- divisional round. A rematch from last year. We'll get to it. Uh-